morning and welcome to Get Up With God. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to become a mature Christian. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to just be mature about things? Well, today's episode is going to be great. I've got six points for you this morning. Six ways, not really six ways, but six points right here, 6 a.m. live, but six points for you to become a spiritual or a mature Christian, which really in turn is a spiritual person. A lot of people don't understand that, that spirituality and maturity go hand in hand. Can't be immature and be spiritual. So there's two things that go in, go hand in hand with being a mature Christian, and that's being a spiritual Christian as well. And when I, when I say spiritual, a lot of times people get psychedelic with it. They get a little you know, they, they, they're like someone on shrooms or something. That's not what spiritual means. When you tap into the spiritual world, you literally tap into the world that that's where God is present. That's what God is. He's a spirit being. And so we tap into that world. We become a part of that and we become a mature, higher level person. When we go ahead and say that this morning, uh, we just begin to wake up. If you get need a coffee, take a shot of coffee and maybe maybe down a Celsius. And, you know, I should keep one of those right here on my desk so people can see it. You need about 200 milligrams of caffeine shot into your veins this early in the morning. But go ahead and say that I, I need to mature in the things of God. Go ahead and say that and wake yourself up. I need the power of God. You do. You need you need the power of God in your life today. Let's get into this quickly as we start this morning. Point number one, you are a two-part being. You are a two-part being, which means that you have two-part knowing. You're a two-part being, so you have two parts knowing. Turn in, turn with me into the into Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans chapter eight. You are a two-part being which means there's two parts to your knowing. Paul talked about coming to these people as he preached to them. I don't want to just come to you as another motivational speaker. I don't want to come to you with just education that I've learned from some doctrine or philosophy that I've been educated upon. I want to come to you with power and the anointing of God. So this is what he says in Romans 8, chapter uh, chapter 8, verse 9. He says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So you are a, you are a two-part being. You can even read in uh, 1 Thessalonians um, uh, as well where Paul greets in his greeting to them, where it's really the exit, his conclusion to them as he leaves. He says, God bless you in spirit, soul, and body. But you have you have a, a, a side to you that is a spiritual side that God develops. That's the God developed side. Let me read that to you again here in verse uh, verse ten. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit, God's spirit, is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. So you got, you've got a part of you that needs to be made alive by God's spirit. 
And so with being two parts, having a spirit, having a natural body, that's what you are. You could see and touch, feel your natural body. Having these two parts to you, you got to understand that there's two parts to this brain, to, to your knowledge. You can have worldly, natural, educated knowledge and it still not be spiritual. But it takes, there has to be a spiritual awakening or grow, I would say grooming, but growing. Listen, let's keep reading in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. So part of your assignment, a part of who you are becomes necessary to put to death just the parts of your knowledge that are of the world. You've got to put to death the natural parts because that so many people have a natural understanding of the Bible. So many people have a natural understanding of of the histor history, you know, his story, Jesus's story, the history of Jesus. That's a you can anybody can read the book and understand a story, but there's something different when you become part of that story, when your spirit connects in that story, because it, there's no other way that you can connect on a different level. Uh, point number two, point number two is we have an assignment. We have been assigned an assignment to live in the spirit. So this means this the spirit side of the knowledge. So you have a natural side of knowledge. You can get a natural education. You can go to college. You can get a degree. You can educate yourself with books and reading and all these different things. But we have an assignment to live in the spirit. It's our job. It's our responsibility to position ourselves. God's. It, we're not waiting on God to make something available to us to do something. We have to position ourselves. It's like fasting. Fasting doesn't get God off the throne and go, whoa, look at Dylan. He's, he's fasting and seeking me more or, you know, us studying and praying and having fellowship with God. Those things don't prompt God. Those position us fasting positions you to get the world off of you so that you can hear from God better, but it doesn't move God towards you. You get closer to God. You move closer. You, your life begins to get positioned closer to God to hear from him so that the connection is clear. He's not doing anything different. He's got a straight shot connection. Everything that he can get to you is going to be made available to you, but we block everything up with the world knowledge. So we have this assignment. We must hear the spirit side of knowledge of things. Understand that there's two different sides to knowledge that you can receive. You could literally hear the story of the cross of Jesus and it just be a, a mental understanding of the story of Jesus dying on a cross and it have no impact on you. But when you understand in the spirit that when he died on that cross, your life, your sin was hanging on that cross with him. And it becomes a spiritual matter. It becomes an, a more in-depth matter than just a story of a man who did a thing. Now it becomes your life engaged with what Christ did. It becomes a spiritual matter for you. Point number three. Point number three. The true knowledge is revealed by God, not men or education. So get this. You got to understand this. 
The true knowledge that we need to tap into is revealed by God, only by God. It can only be tapped into, turn into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, can only be revealed to us by God. It can't come by our education system. It can't come by our way of studying it and getting the amplified and all the different translations pulled into our knowledge cranium and cramming all the information in. No, you can study and you can, but you you have to get the spirit involved. You have to get God involved in the equation. It can't just be a educated read. It can't just be a tap into it uh, when I feel like doing it, and then it's I'm, I'm mentally mentally assenting to a level where I understand and comprehend it. You got to get the spirit on this. You got to get the deeper matter of the thing. You've got to get into the root of these things, which only God can help you do. But he's given you a spirit to be able to tap into this. Remember what we just read in Romans 8. His spirit makes alive the dead side of you. So when you tap into his spirit, you begin to engage with these things and you become alive in these things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's turn to verse 6. This is a, a read, so just bear with me. Get your Bible. Take some notes. Verse six, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak in the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age know, for had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has pre prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches us, but which the Holy Spirit teaches us, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man, the natural side, the carnal side, the educated, worldly side, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But, the, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For he who has the mind of the Lord that he might instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Let me sum this up for you, to you in what, not that Paul, Paul obviously did a phenomenal job, but let me sum it up for my podcast in one sentence. The world cannot understand the biblical principles that God has without him involved in the mix of it. You get so many people. Uh, it's hilarious. We, we post these reels now on, uh, in shorts, these short clips on our church's website. And we have, uh, you know, YouTube and Instagram, things like that. And there's some clips that we, we punch in that should Christians drink alcohol and you start touching this holy grail of people 
about wine and alcohol and you touch this nerve that people have that how dare you touch something that I've sanctified as holy and now you're condemning, they lose their marbles and they start quoting things. And I don't even want to get into this discussion about alcohol. I'm preparing a podcast now. You're not going to want to miss this. And and depending on when this podcast comes out or when you hear it, rather, whatever the case is, you're it'll be on my, my podcast page, my YouTube page and my podcast. You'll be able to listen to it. But I'm, I'm going to give you the def, the biblical explanation behind alcohol and should Christians touch it and what biblically what alcohol was considered in the new and old Testament, including at the wedding of Hana that at, that Jesus was at because people are ignorant. Let me rephrase this. People aren't just ignorant, meaning unlearned people are stupid. They literally read it and don't understand it because they don't have the spirit mixed with information. You can't just take information from the Bible and expect to have the full download from heaven on it without getting the one who wrote it. Go back into verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man, what man knows man things or woman, I'm not saying man or woman, I'm saying human, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man? So to know a man's things, you've got to be a man. The spirit's man knows the man things, right? I, I, I can't know what it is to be a man lest I am a man. It says here, but no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So there's no way for you or me to understand the things of the spirit without getting a grasp from the one who is the spirit of God. You can't tap into the spiritual without tapping into the one who is spirit. You can't fathom these things. It becomes point number four, point number four. It becomes uh, God looks for the foolish in the world to mature in the spirit. It becomes foolishness to the world. The world thinks of these things as absolute foolishness. They don't see the light behind these things. It has to, it takes an awakening and God begins to look for the foolish in the world to begin to mature in the spirit. Because you have to start somewhere. You have to begin somewhere to where your maturing has an has an origin, has a place where it starts. And it starts with you being a foolish per- person of the world. Or anybody for that matter. But here's the reality of it. When you don't have the spirit, you are foolish. And these things, the Bible to you, is a foolish thing. It doesn't make sense, and you pick and choose what you like and don't like out of it. Well, I like this particular thing because it benefits me, and I like the way it makes me feel, and it it gets me to a place in my life where I want it, but these other parts of, of the scripture I don't particularly like, so I'm going to debate people when they quote from it, and if I don't know a particular part of scripture and someone does quote from it, I'm going to use other scriptures that I have mentally assented to understand. And I'm going to debate them with those particular types because I'm an ignorant, foolish, unspiritual person. That's the reality of it. But God's going to begin to use foolish things to mature in the spirit. Go to back just one chapter in 1 Corinthians verse eight, uh, chapter 1. Verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Look at the dramatic line between the two. 
the power of God to those who are being saved to one, but to another, the same exact thing that is the power of God, the creator of the universe to one is a foolish thing to another person. How is that possible? Because the spirit is the dividing factor. If you look at it with a mental understanding, it looks, it doesn't make sense. But when you tap into it, like he said, those that are being saved, those that understand, I need salvation. I need heaven access. I have to get to a place where I'm not my own ability or relying on my own ability. I have to get to a place where I rely on a higher power. There's something greater for me. You get to a higher place. You start to see these things as not foolishness, but now as the power of God, the actual hand of God in your life becomes the truth to you. Jesus, uh, God, uh, Paul goes on to say, uh, quotes a scripture, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. That's uh, from God to us. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since the wisdom of God, the world for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God th- uh, through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe for Jews request a sign and Greeks after uh, seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block and to Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greek Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So it takes a it takes this unction from the spirit to make this come alive to you. You don't if you ever stopped and tried to read the Bible and you just can't get into the scripture. Well, don't shut it down. Don't just give up. Stop for a second. Ask God, Lord, help me. Lord, I need your spirit to to help me understand this. Holy Spirit, begin to reveal these things to me. My spirit's alive. God, I believe on you. I'm believing you. Holy Spirit, help me. And you're going to see this thing blossom and grow. You're going to see when I read, there's times, not every time, but there's times I'll be reading the scripture and it literally, I can't describe it other than this, looks like there's small buildings coming off of the scripture because it's so, it's like each letter has three dimensions, it's three dimensions. So it looks like there's so much depth to what I'm reading. I can't, I, I can't put it down because, and sometimes I read it. I've got to ask God to help me because the spirit's got to reveal the particular thing that I'm studying or reading. But there's times I read this and it's like a pop-up book when I open a page because there's so much meat and depth to it, but I can't mentally get to that level. There has to be a spiritual engagement between myself and the one who authored the book, God almighty. Point number five, point number five, don't stay foolish. Don't stay foolish. Get spiritually wise. So don't stay foolish. We we, we were called out of foolishness. It's time for us to get spiritually wise. Let me give you an example of somebody in Acts chapter 8. No. Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Let's see. Verse 8. So Acts chapter six, verse eight, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. 
Then there arose from uh, arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, the Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Because it wasn't just his knowledge and his information that he was conveying. Read what happened again in verse 8. Stephen, full of faith and full of power. There has to be a supernatural power engaged that you engage with to be able to ascend the natural knowledge level of information to go beyond these certain things. You know, I was, there's, I was, I told, I got an opportunity to preach to our church this past week and I had, I shared with people the ease of being able to tell someone about the love of God and win someone to Christ. And you'll find it having these conversations, you can be talking about any particular thing. Like I'd be talking about, uh, someone was telling me about their digital marketing agency that they, uh, uh, that they uh, that they owned and had developed and they built it and it and and became acquired by a bigger company and made all this kinds of money and then the atmosphere shift gears and I went right into eternity with that person and it's amazing how it, it can't be me there's nothing I can do to engage that person's spirit and soul in a way that at- attaches them to the spiritual realm other than the power of God but point number six finally point number six. It takes an act of faith, not us getting to a place of knowledge and information. It takes us acting in faith to get to this level. This is what this understanding is. You've got to get this through your head. It is not a, a knowledge that you can debate yourself with. So many people try and do this. They try and get to a place where they agree and understand on the Bible based on a knowledge uh informational level you will never do it it'll always become foolish and not something that you can sink your teeth into it's not until the spirit of god grabs a hold of you and pulls you into this thing that you're able to get to the level that you want to be at that you need to be at to be able to fully grasp and understand these things people tell me well i'd like to sit down and have a discussion about that dylan i'm not interested There's no discussion that's going to convince you because you're coming in holding on to your understanding and your belief. It's not until you release that way of thinking and you have faith on and in in another thing. You can't bring your previous vice, your previous stumbling block, for lack of a better term, into this, quote, debate that I'm not going to have. And, and expect to have your mind changed about it, it's not going to, maybe, maybe your mind would be changed, but it's not going to bring you the power that you need through the word of God. It won't bring the power until you release what you know and you become foolish and you receive of the knowledge, the sweet knowledge of the spirit of God. That's how you become to Ephesians 3 real quick and then we're going to close with this. Ephesians 3. Verse 8, to me, 
this is Paul, to me who am less than the least of all saints the, that this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may be known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So you want to talk about getting mature in the things of God? You cannot mentally get there. It's going to take someone, a preacher, revealing these things to you, not only, but in combination with you studying and fellowship with God. It's going to take a preacher. It doesn't have to be either or. So many, I see so many people fall into this pit where I don't need a preacher. I can study the Bible on my own. That's cute. You can study the Bible on your own, but you'll never hear me and quote me on this. You will never get to the level that God intends you to get to studying the Bible by yourself. Read the book of Ephesians. Understand that God put ministry into place in the church to mature the Christian person. And it takes an act of faith, believing God, trusting God, that there's a person that will pour and and mature you to a level that he's called you to be that you cannot attain on your own ability. Impossible. Quote me on it. You cannot get to that level on your own. Go back a couple of, well, actually go past that into verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend all the saints what is the width, length, and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Glory be to God. That is the level that we're called to be to. Is to attain a level that we cannot attain with a mental brain capacity. It's going to take the spirit of God dwelling in you, pulling you with your spirit. Revealing mysteries to you that we know, we clearly just read, there are mysteries, hidden things that God has not revealed until you tap into the spiritual realm. Let's mature together. Love you. Hope this helped you this morning. This was Get Up With God, six points, how to become a mature Christian. And share this with somebody. Be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel and be sure to post it somewhere on Facebook or Twitter, whatever you particularly have, Instagram, and let someone know about the good news of Jesus Christ. Love you. I'll see you on the next broadcast. Talk to you soon.